This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, July 30th, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Senator Tom Coburn's longtime fight against wasteful spending won a small victory in knocking down the so-called Tomnibus Bill, a Frankenstein of dozens of spending bills that would create all manner of new programs. But is this just election year wrangling, or is something more important animating the U.S. Senate in blocking the legislation and slowing down, somewhat, the process of spending your money? Jeff Patch, a budget fellow at the Cato Institute, comments. The bill is called the Advancing America's Priorities Act. It's a very vague title. And what happened was that uh, Democrats, led by Majority Leader Harry Reid, lumped 35 bills into one bill. It's about 400 pages long because Senator Tom Coburn, a Republican of Oklahoma, who's known as an opponent of wasteful spending, had objected to the bills. Normally, such individual bills that are relatively non-controversial could even pass on a voice vote. But because Coburn put a hold on the bills, it required Senator Reid to spend up to a week of legislative time uh, working on these bills. And so it just presented a huge burden for the majority that wanted to pass all these programs. And so Senator Reid decided to get around that by lumping all the 35 bills into one to try to pick off Republicans that are either uh, supporting parts of the bill. For example, I think each of the bill had at least one Republican sponsor and also target Republicans in close election races in the fall that might not want to vote against some of these popular programs. But the really surprising thing was that the Senate Republican caucus largely held together. There were only three Republicans that crossed over to vote with the Democrats. Two of them, Norm Coleman and Gordon Smith, are facing relatively tough elections. And the third, uh, Senator Warner of Virginia, is retiring. And so it was relatively remarkable that, that Senate Republicans, who have also battled with Senator Coburn on earmarks and other issues, decided to hold together. Um, they picked up on a narrative of of gas prices and that the Democrats, they say, were not doing anything to combat gas prices and that they were trying to focus their time on these wasteful, unnecessary government spending programs instead of other priorities that the American public cares about. So it's it really interesting how Republicans decided to put their own issues with Coburn aside uh, to take on the Democrats. It's partly because of election year politics, but it's also interesting to see the caucus sort of uh, uniting on the spending and, and wasteful government programs issue. It's often said that Republicans uh, are a better minority. What, what else was, uh, was at work here besides politics and gamesmanship? I think that's really true in this case, that the Republicans have really learned how to use parliamentary tactics, both in the House and the Senate, to make their time in the minority effective. Uh, I think the question on this bill, though, is whether or not the American public really cares about about these minor spending issues because all these bills are are sort of minor spending government program issues lumped into lumped into one they're 10 billion dollars but i mean that that sort of gets lost in the sort of sticker shock of all government programs in Washington and so it will be interesting to see if republicans can use their minority to make sort of second tier issues like this uh, relevant in the election and I think that's what they're trying to do in highlighting that, um, 
their, what they think is the strong position on drilling uh, for oil and, and other sort of issues related to energy that they would like to focus on more than issues like this that might not necessarily have as much resonance in November. It was uh, almost funny that Coburn had, in placing a hold on this bill, had required uh, the federal deliberative body to actually deliberate. Right. That, it, it, that by slowing the process down, it sort of revealed just how uh, usual it is that new programs uh, right. get created so easily. Democrats have soundly criticized Coburn for some of his obstructionist tactics, but I think in this case, he, he has a, a pretty principled opposition to the fact that the Senate often passes measures like this on voice vote. And Coburn's main objection was that he wanted at least some debate um, when the Senate is authorizing billions of dollars of programs. There, there was no debate really on this bill. And in, in the previous uh, bills, before they were lumped into one, there was very little debate. And so Coburn had said they only really strongly objected to five of the 35 bills. But it was more of a matter of principle that he decided to hold up on this one uh, because he objected to the way the majority was bringing about and passing uh, spending programs like this. Coburn has been fighting this battle uh, with earmarks and wasteful spending for a long time. I guess we'll have to wait until the fall to find out whether or not this is the kind of thing that plays politically. I think we will. The, this, the timing of this bill was interesting because the appropriations process is stalled right now. There, There is a, an appropriations bill moving through the House, but it it's widely expected that none of the appropriations bills will get passed or only maybe one or two and that the Democrats will be forced to pass a continuing resolution funding the government at roughly the same level and leave the next president and the next Congress to pass the appropriations bills and deal with the earmark issue and other other things like that. And so this bill was sort of a last chance vehicle for a lot of senators that wanted programs included. Like there was an earmark for a museum in Poland for $5 million and a few things like that. So it's interesting that this is sort of a minor victory now, but time will tell whether or not um, this has any sort of lasting impact on government spending and, and the appropriations process and uh, wasteful spending in general. Jeff Patch is a budget fellow at the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. You can read more on our ugly, ugly federal budget at Cato.org.